Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning. How are you all? We're well. Did you notice that Pete got the memo this morning? Pete, come here. He got the memo. Brother and sister, there you go. That's so funny. Okay, so we're starting, who, who knows the game Minecraft? Anyone? Yes, I've heard of it, I've never played it. Who's played Minecraft? Come on, admit it. Just enough of you, enough of you have played it. We're not doing Minecraft today, I'm sorry to tell you. We are doing Mindcraft. We're starting a new series on Minecraft and it's going to be great. It's all about the power that our minds have in our lives and how important it is that we harness the power for good. Harness your power for good. We used to say that to our children. Harness your power for good, not evil. At the end of this series, if you don't already know, we want you to know that you can get the chaos in your mind under control. That you don't have to walk around in guilt and condemnation. That you don't have to, that if negative thoughts are controlling your life, you can change them. You don't have to be stuck in bad habits. You can overcome feelings of rejection and hurt. You can forgive. You don't have to worry about things that are out of your control. You are not a victim. You don't have to keep digging and digging in the past to be free of it. You can be happy and filled with peace regardless of your circumstances. How does that sound? That sounds really cool. I like that. Our mind is the most powerful thing in the universe after God. It directs our life. It is where the battle is won and lost. Our mind, our thought life, has the remarkable power to craft, change our brain. In fact, that's how we change our brain, through our mind. Our mind is God's gift to us. And 2 Timothy 1 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. It's God's gift. Another meaning for this word is sound judgment or self-control. God has given you a mind with self-control. You can do the right thing. You can know what the right thing to do is, but more than that, you can actually do it. You are not powerless. I am not powerless. And as we learn to harness the power we have access to, it will change our lives. As we feed our minds with the truth, it will change our lives because as we change our minds, we change our lives. Some people think, well, no, I just have to get all of the stuff that's going on around me sorted. 
and then I can change my life. Actually, it, it's actually the opposite. It's as we change our minds, we change our lives. So can I say right up here, right up, right up front, that it's not easy. I mean, those, those were some brilliant, just great statements that I made. And they're all true. But it's not easy. Anyone found that? <laughs> In fact, it can be quite difficult. Especially some days. Because left to our own devices, it is easier, much easier, to let anxiety rule in our life. It is easier to allow the worst case scenario to be what we believe. It is easier to assume that when they didn't smile back or didn't return your call or your text or didn't do what you were hoping that they would do, that they don't like you. It's easier to assume that. It's easier to assume that they're angry with you. Anyone? Come on, we all live in the real world. But just letting our minds go wherever they want to go, the path of least resistance, even though it's the easiest way to go, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for living our lives defeated, anxious, limited. And who wants to live a defeated life? Not me. I don't. I'm sure you don't either. A few weeks ago, I went to the doctor because some things that shouldn't be happening were happening. And I spoke to the doctor and she said, well, it could be absolutely nothing or it could be absolutely terrible. <laughs> Standard doctor, yeah. And so I left and went shopping. Now, that sounds terrible, but <laughs> a few days later I went shopping. You've got to keep you laughing, you know, especially when we're talking about hard topics. A few days later I went shopping and didn't I say it's easier? And you know, at one point, because it's just sort of here, does anyone know what it's like when I say it's just there? It's just there. It's just sort of wanting to talk to you. And at one point in the Canberra Centre, I stopped and I said, stop! Not out loud. Because then they would have thought I was crazy. Stop inside. Stop. You do not know the answer. You do not know what's going on. Stop. You will not think like that. And I kept going. Looked at some shoes. No, I didn't, but... <laughs> Most of us have thoughts that play on repeat over and over and over again. And they are loud, like those thoughts that I had. And they are intrusive. And they direct our lives. And if they are the wrong thoughts, if they are incorrect thoughts, they steal from us. That's the whole point. They steal from us. What are your most dominant thoughts at the moment? What are they? What are you thinking about? Charles Spurgeon said, Beware of no man more than yourself. We carry our worst enemies within us. Peace Pilgrim said, If you realise how powerful your thoughts are, you wouldn't think a negative thought. 
So I was looking at some, I have looked at statistics, and you probably have heard me say this statistic, if I could say the actual word, it'd be good. Research shows that, <laughs> that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from our thought life. That's scary and powerful. But see, the good news is that God has given us the ability to change what goes on in our mind, which will in turn change our life. He gave us a sound mind. He gave us the power of choice. He gave us the power of making a decision about how we will think. So how does he do that? Romans 12. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. Wow. Just that one line. That one line. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know. You will learn to know what, what God's will for you. What, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I have read this scripture hundreds of times in my life. But when I read it on Wednesday, something just sort of jumped at me that I hadn't really focused on before. It says, but let and you guys might all be way ahead of me. You go, of course, Mel. What were you thinking? But let God transform you. But let God. But let God transform you into a new person. Let him change you into a whole new person by changing the way you think. Now, obviously, it's talking about the word of God as we take God's word and we allow it to change the way we think, it will change us. But I believe it's more than that. Every Christian can fall into the trap of trying to live the Christian life without God. Yeah. And it's impossible. I'm just going to do the right thing. I'm just going to work hard at this. I'm just going to renew my mind in my own strength. Have you tried it? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wow you'll probably fail rather than turning and inviting him, inviting him into the situation. Father, I need your help. Tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I need your help to transform me, to change my mind in this situation. Right now, this is how I think. And I know it's not what you, what you say in your word. So God, please help me to take your word and to use it as a weapon to change the way that I think. But let God. Renewing our mind can be hard, even with God's help especially when we're dealing with strongholds, patterns of behavior that we have been thinking and thinking and thinking in a certain way over so many years. Patterns of behavior that are contrary to God's word. We need God's help to do that. Success comes when we invite him into the process because that scripture in James does not say, resist the devil and he will, it does say resist the devil and he will flee from you. But there's an actual scripture before that. It says, submit to God. So in other words, put yourself under God. 
You just try, you just try resisting the devil in your own strength, you're in trouble. But if you submit to God, if I am under the covering of God and I resist it, it's like, it's like Psalm 91. Read Psalm 91. In the shadow of his wings, I am protected. And as I submit to God and get under God and I resist the devil, he will flee. He will flee. So God wants to help us renew our mind and he changes us with his word. But that's not the only way we change into a different person. God changes us by his spirit. And gosh, I am so thankful for that. 2 Corinthians says this, But whenever someone turns to the Lord... You know, every day we should be doing that. Every day we turn to the Lord. Every morning I turn to the Lord. Throughout the day, I'm turning to you, God. I'm needing you. The veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You need to be free. The Spirit of God wants to set you free today. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God and the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him and we are changed into his glorious image. So it's the word of God and it's the presence of God. Worshipping God will change you. So there are, the two, there are two ways. Why do, we, why do we need to change? Well, in the living of life, things happen. Have you found that? You found that as you live your life, some things happen that you think, wow, wasn't expecting that. Wow, I wish that didn't happen. Gosh, this is tricky. Parents let us down. People let us down. We may lose our job. We may go through bankruptcy. We may be bullied, we may be violated, we may lose a loved one at an early age, we may go through a relationship breakdown, we may live with a debilitating sickness and pain, have a child with a disability, insert your situation right there. Life happens. And everything that happens to us affects us on the inside. It affects the way that we see ourselves. It affects the way that we relate with other people. It affects our outlook on life. It affects how we live our life. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians said this, even after we came into the province of Macedonia, we found no relief. Sometimes you feel like that. We were restless. We were exhausted. Troubles met us at every turn outwardly. I faced conflicts and inwardly, emotional turmoil. Have you felt like that? Outwardly, there's conflict in my life. Inwardly, there's emotional turmoil. And so our job in life is to navigate these outward conflicts and how they affect us internally. The emotional, in term, the emotional turmoil. And that's where Mindcraft, renewing our mind, comes in. And so over this series, we've got some great people preaching this series, over this series we're going to look at a number of different ways that we renew our mind, but today I want to focus on one. David Martin Lloyd-Jones is a medical doctor, 
Well, he's not alive anymore. He was a medical doctor and a Protestant, Protestant minister. And he said this, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? As I've already said, just letting our minds go wherever they want to go, the path of least resistance is easier, but it's a recipe for disaster. Have you woken up in the morning? Yes, you have. <laughs> Tick. Well done. And you're feeling fine. And you're lying in bed and then all these things come crashing, all these thoughts, and you remember something, and you start worrying, and your mind starts talking to you, and you start feeling stressed, and you start feeling anxious, and then you start feeling depressed, and then you just want to pull the covers over your head and stay there. It's not every day, is it? And you're defeated before you even get out of bed. Or maybe you're waiting on God for a specific thing and it's taking a long time. He's like that, isn't he? At times. And you have these thoughts in your head that are telling you it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And you're defeated and sad and have lost hope because we all know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you're listening the voice that you're listening to is the voice of discouragement. Or maybe you've been given a bad report by someone in the medical world and you are understandably feeling anxious and worried by what has been spoken over your life and it's a heavy weight and you can't seem to shift it. And the voice that you are listening to in your head is fear and anxiety. David in the Bible has a remedy for this, and we see it in Psalm 42. He is feeling discouragement, he is feeling down, he is feeling that God is a long way off, has forgotten about him, and then he does this amazing thing. He starts to talk to himself. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? So he identifies what's happening, He's discouraged and he's sad. Why? Why God? Why? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my king. He doesn't allow himself to stay in that place of discouragement. Because sometimes we have to talk to ourselves. Sometimes we have to preach to ourselves. Sometimes we have to question ourselves. And say, self, listen for a moment. Let's have a chat about what's going on here. And we have to adjust the way we think. When I was in the shops that day, I had to be incredibly stern with myself. And say, you actually do not know what's going on in this situation. You have no idea. And is worry going to help you right now? Hmm. Is anxiety going to help you right now? No. So stop. This is what I said inside. And it worked, which is good. <laughs> because it would just steal my joy. Yeah, right. Ruin my life. Yeah. 
just overwhelm me. If you read Psalm 32, you will notice that David acknowledges what's going on. He doesn't ignore it. He doesn't pretend it's not there. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't discount it. What he does do is bring the one who can help him into it. He brings the truth into the brokenness and he chooses to make the truth what he believes rather than the brokenness, the discouragement, the current circumstance he's in. Rather than just focus on how we feel, we do need to acknowledge how we feel. Rather than just focusing on it, we can find an action plan from God's word that gives us the solution. What is the solution? My solution at that moment in the Canberra Centre was, well, the Bible tells me to be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication to bring my request to God and then the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. You know, this, I had no idea what was going on in my body but I did have the word of God. And then whatever is good, whatever is of good report, think on those things and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Now, I, I got a text the other day that said everything is great. Hallelujah. But by that point, I hadn't really even thought about it much. Have you read Psalm 42? We are going to just do a little Psalm 42 thing right now. You know, it's like a roller coaster ride, Psalm 42. Have you read it? It is. It's like, whoa, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. But hey, Sometimes that's our internal dialogue, isn't it? We're up, we're down, or is that just me? Just me. Starts like this. Where are you, God? Keep going, Tom. Where are you, God? I can't find you. Has anyone felt like that? I remember when you were close. I remember when I could feel your presence. I, look, some days that I walk and I think, God, where have you gone? But I'm praying. Where have you gone? Where is this God gone? And then verse 5, he picks himself up and he says, come on self, hope in God. He switches. He switches to talking to himself. And then we're up, we're up, then we go back down again. Verse 5. Oh God, it's not walking, working. I'm feeling discouraged right now. I know. I'll remember what you did for me in the past. I'll remember the times you answered my prayer. I'll remember what you promised me and when it happened. So he's telling himself the truth. He is reminding himself, remind yourself who God is and what he has done for you. Remind yourself of the sickness that he's healed. When I'm praying for people who have, can, who have been told they can't have children, I remember all of the children I've prayed for when all of the people have told me that the doctors have told them they can't have children. And I remember, hold, I, I've held these kids. I've dedicated these children. And that's what I remember. And that is a foundation, mate. You'll feel like you're standing on nothing. I can tell you, you're standing on something. And it's stronger. Because it's, it's the word of God. I remember the houses. When I pray for people who are looking for houses, I remember the houses I've prayed for and the people that are now living in those houses. I remember the jobs that have been awarded. I remember the spouses that have been found. 
when they have when <laughs> when people have been waiting and waiting and waiting on a spouse. That's when you that's talking to yourself rather than listening to yourself. And David did it. And then he goes down again. Oh God, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in my grief? This is a roller coaster. And then verse 11 he finishes. He picks himself up again and he says, oh, come on, self. Why are you allowing yourself to stay in this place? Hope in God. Hope in God. See, what's, what's a better way to live? That's my question. In discouragement, in anxiety, in fear, in hopelessness, or listening to God and living, remembering what He's done, remembering what He's promised. What's a better way to live? David knew that praising God is such a powerful part of this process. When you're feeling down, Defy yourself. Defy other people who may be the naysayers. Defy the devil. Defy the world. And do what David said and say, I will praise Him for the help of His presence, for the help of my countenance. He is my God. So, to wrap up this morning, you're having trouble, you're having a problem renewing your mind, ask God to help you. Invite Him into that process. Spend time in His presence. It will change you. What are your dominant thoughts? What are the dominant thoughts that you have yelling at you think about them if they're wrong maybe you need to start talking to yourself if they're not what God says maybe you need to start talking to yourself okay I'm going to pray Father I thank you for the word of God Lord, we all need your help to renew our mind. And Father, I ask you, God, right now for those who are struggling, Lord, who are fighting intense battles in their mind, who are waiting on things that it's a real struggle of faith and a struggle of believing you and a struggle of anxiety. God, I pray for them right now because I know that there are people in this room, there are people online, God. I ask you, God, for your power, Lord, to help us, 
to live our lives the way that You have designed us to live them. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, bring Your hope, bring Your courage. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.